It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With Earl on the seat now, let's talk a little Guardians. And, Bull, I'm just going to roll the ball to you. You can take it from here. So, it's funny. Yesterday, I haven't gone on a big Twitter rant in a while. And there was something about – we're almost at the halfway point of the baseball season, right? I think the Guardians have played 77 games, I believe. I have. So, we're five games away from Four. the halfway point. Four games Four. away. Or maybe it's 76 games. Whatever it yeah, is. It's they are 37 and 40. So, they're 77 in. Right. So – so you're there four games for right, the halfway four point. games for the halfway yeah. point. So it's happening this week. And I look at this team and yes, on the pot. Listen, there's a lot of positive things in general. Big picture about the organization, right? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the owner, but the owner does some things really well. The, the thing he does well is he is patient with his people. He hires smart people and outside of the money, allows them to do his job. Now, I personally believe that the reason the Guardians have been consistent has little, has, doesn't have a ton to do with Dolan, has more to do who he's hired, but he deserves credit for that, unlike the other owners in this town who have hired a lot of nitwits. So, overall, I'd still say Dolan is a okay owner. Certainly not great, certainly not terrible. Okay owner, okay? The front office is magnificent. Uh, even the best front office in every sport is going to screw up sometimes. It happens. Mistakes are made. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's close to perfect. Not in our job, not in their job, not in any job, okay? Mike Chernoff and Chris Antonetti are, if they're not the best in the business, they're in the discussion for the best in the business. Terry Francona, if he's not the best in the business, is in the discussion for the best in the business. I love Terry Francona. I love the way he motivates players. I love the way he relates to players. But that doesn't mean they're not flawed, okay? I think Terry Francona, in-game managing, is not as good overall as he is in motivating players and getting them to be at their best. And this year in particular, he's had me scratching my head quite a bit, more than, more than most years. Let me make it clear. I'm not saying fire Terry Francona. I can't imagine I'd ever get to the point where I'd want to fire Terry Francona. I'm not saying that. But it doesn't mean he can't be criticized. And the same thing for the front office and certainly for ownership for not spending money. I look at this Guardians team, and I'm beyond frustrated. Yes, they're, whatever it is, two games out of first at the moment. And you can say, well, they're still in it. Yeah, they are. But they should be so much more. The Guardians, with the quality of people they have running this show in the front office and manager, should be should not be two games out and three games under 500 in the worst division I have ever seen in the history of baseball. Now, I get it. Before the 60s, there was no divisions, and it's only been somewhat recently that we've been to five-team divisions. But still, the Tigers and Royals are awful. The White Sox have, the over the last few years, they have talent, but they have the worst chemistry I've ever seen in my life. They can't do anything right. They've had a ton of injuries and underachievements. The Twins are fine. They're, you know, a mediocre team. The Guardians, if the payroll had been higher, there's no reason this team shouldn't be 10 games up at first. To be excited that they're only two games out and three games under, 
they are in the worst division. Now, the, the league may be balanced, but you still play more games in your division than you do out, you know, than you play other teams, right? You still play, you may not play the, the Tigers, White Sox, and Royals 18 times, but you still play them 12. That's more than you're playing the, uh, the teams in the other division. There's certainly more than you're playing the teams in the National League. They have so many holes in the lineup, it drives me nuts. And why are we to this point? Why are there so many holes in the lineup that, let's face it, overachieved last year? They have no power. Why are they here? Because they have cum- accumulated all these minor league players. Some who will turn out to be good, some who will not, right? A lot of this minor league talent is still completely unproven. Very little of it is proven, especially their top guys. We don't know how good Arias is going to be. He's done nothing in the majors. We don't know how good Rocchio is going to be. He's barely played the majors. Same with Naylor. Valera hasn't been up here yet. Tyler Freeman's barely been up. Some of the guys who have had some success weren't even their top prospects. But I look at this team and I say, we've been talking for three years about trading this glut of prospects that we didn't want to give up on. Now we got to trade them for veterans. Where's that? Where has that happened? Proven for the best players. That hasn't happened. Meanwhile, we've held on to these prospects so tightly, we be- we don't- most of them haven't been given an opportunity. And yet, some guys we gave away. Will Benson, let me make it clear. Will Benson and Nolan Jones, not enough sample size. I'm not here to tell you that those guys are great proven players. Not make- But... Will Benson and Nolan Jones, especially Nolan Jones, but both of them are performing well with the opportunity they've been given in Colorado and Cincinnati. Will ben- Have you seen what Will Benson looks like? We saw him last year, right? This guy is built like a brick you-know-what house. He is huge. He was a first-round pick. Why was he given almost no opportunity? Nolan Jones, another high draft pick, was the number one prospect for the Guardians for a number of years by multiple baseball outlets. He had 90-something plate appearances for the Guardians. No chance. Now, again, these guys might go down the toilet. But we had so many alleged great prospects that we couldn't even give these two guys with credibility, with credentials, an opportunity here in Cleveland. And what are we left with? We're left with an outfield that has six home (laughs) runs and 60 RBIs. Think about this for a minute. Will Brennan, Miles Straw, and Stephen Kwan have six homers and 60 RBIs in over 800, I'm sorry, I gave him too much credit, 58 RBIs in over 800 trips to the plate. Carlos Santana, remember Carlos Santana? Wouldn't we say he's washed up? Carlos Santana, it's been a long time. He's got six home runs by himself. I can name you 25 players who most of you never heard of who have hit seven home runs. Gary Sanchez. Remember Gary Sanchez? He was the catcher of the Yankees. He got cut. He was basically out of baseball for two years. He got picked up by the Mets in May. He was there for three days. Then he got cut. He got picked up by the Padres two weeks ago, three weeks ago. He has seven home runs. He has like 50 trips to the plate, and he was out of baseball. The Guardians can't hit. And this idea that they were going to make this big run with a bunch of singles hitters doesn't work, especially when the singles hitters are not getting enough singles. You can't win with no power. Here's the, the bottom line. The Guardians have to shake things up in a big-time way. Not fire people, but make a lot of changes to this roster. I don't know if they can do it in season. It might have to happen after the season. You have to take, in my opinion, you make Miles Straw back a outfielder. He's overpaid. He's making six million, over $6 million a year the next three years. That's a disaster. Nobody's taking that contract. His, his defense has regressed a little bit. His defensive run saves are at zero. Defensive run saved. All right, he's not winning. The, he's not even winning a, 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 a gold glove this year. His offense is abysmal. He's knocked in twelve runs. Twelve runs. Twelve. Stephen Kwan's regressed. 
Brennan's okay. If I'm the Guardians next year, all right, I'm stuck with Josh Bell. Uh, maybe I try to, if I trade Bieber, maybe I try to include him. Maybe I take one less prospect and try to get rid of Josh Bell. That contract's a complete disaster. But with, when you look at building blocks of this franchise, I got four young starters. I got the three rookies and, and Tristan McKenzie. I'm building, I'm building with them. All right, I got Jose. I got Jimenez. I'm, I got to find out either Arias, Freeman, Rocchio, one of them. It's got to be my shortstop. Let's go. I'm giving Baylor, uh, Naylor a shot at catcher. He's got to play for the next year and a half. Josh Naylor, in a perfect world, is my DH, playing you know, 90% of the time, sits against the tough lefties. I got to get a legit first baseman, which they'll probably have to postpone a year because they're stuck with Bell. And I have to get legit corner outfielders. And if that means training Brennan, Valerio, Arias, I don't give a shit. Trade them and get me proven hitters. This team has the core of winning. Jose Ramirez, Jimenez, the young pitchers, Classe, they're paying them nothing. These are really top-notch ball players. Ownership has got to come through and raise this payroll. Jason's 1995. Only one team with a payroll lower than 15th has won the World Series. Wow. That's it. The Marlins in 2003 were the only team. And in fact, if somebody said, well, the last 10 years, it's mostly been teams. That, and, and the only team that wasn't top 10, there was one team that was like 12th. I can't remember over the last decade. And that team was 12th at the beginning of the year. Most of the teams that are even 12th or 10th or 8th, they're adding, it they're adding yeah. as we go. So by the end of the year, that team's in the top 8, top 6, whatever. The Braves, when they won, they were, I think, 10th. I'm sure they were not 10th by the time you got to September. Well, they, they made were, a lot of moves in August. Exactly. A lot of moves. So I'm sure they were up to 6th or 7th. You Listen, spending money isn't the only thing. The Mets have the largest payroll in baseball. They are a disaster. They're awful. But can you imagine? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How good this team could be if Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff had the ability to be 15th. I'm not asking them to be third. I'm not asking them to be seventh. I'm saying, can we get to 15th? Is that really don't too much to ask? Don't be 27th or 30th. I mean, come on. If they could be, they could be 15th. I'm, I don't think that's outrageous to ask them to be middle of the pack. And if they can get to 13th, 14th, 15th right there, you can win. And think about how good this team could be if they didn't always have to shop, shop for those extra spots with Josh Bell and Mike Zanino with the bargain basement bin. Yeah, those guys are going to fall fail sometimes. I thought Bell was a good signing. I was dead wrong, and so were the Guardians. He stinks. Mike Zanino, terrible. The Miles Straw, that's what I've been saying from the beginning. That was a bad contract. It, they, they're paying him. And he stinks. He can't hit. We can't. I can't have it. I got to turn Quan Brennan to one starter. I'm putting Quan Brennan in center field. The other one I'm trading is part of a deal. I need bookend outfielders that are going to hit me 50 home runs at least between them. And until they do that, this team's not going to win. And yeah, they may still win this division because this division stinks. 
they got a shot. Even if they trade Shane Bieber, they still got a shot because that's how bad this division is. But they're not winning. They're not winning in the playoffs. Folks, since going down, since being up 3-1 on the Cubs in the 2016 World Series, the Guardians are 6-14 and in the playoffs. That's terrible. And they, got th- and they got four of those six wins last year. That's it. They've only, besides 2016, they've won one playoff series, that against the Rays last year, in almost 20, uh, I'm going too far. I think it's 16, 15, 16 years. Yes, the team's consistently in the mix. That's because of the great people they have. Their worst record since Terry Francona took over as manager is 80 and 82. As a Guardians fan, you always got a shot to be in the mix, but it feels like such a miracle if they can make any run in the playoffs because of where the payroll's at. It's not everything, but it's got to be higher. You can't win with the 28th payroll. It's just not going to happen. It's too big a long shot. This team is too good in key spots. Front office, manager, and a couple, and some key, key guys on the field. You've got to supplement. This has to be the offseason that the Guardians think differently, trade the glut, get proven hitters, and let's freaking go. I want this team to win a World Series so bad. It needs to happen soon. The crowds are getting better. Attendance is way up from last year, especially the weekend games the last month or so. The crowd against the Astros was awesome. This weekend uh, against Milwaukee, there were good crowds. We need more from ownership. The fans are coming. Let's go. Spend some freaking cash. Thank you. No, I, you, you know what? No. You got guy, it all, man. Got education right here. You got it all. Um, you, you, you hit all of it. I'm glad you touched on the Tito piece. The hell was he doing last uh, yesterday? Letting Miles Straw hit in that situation. I don't know. I don't know why he. Why did he run Straw? For I don't know that. I, don't, I didn't understand. I, I, that. I, I didn't either. I don't it's know. It's not like Freeman is is Josh. I mean, even Josh Naylor's decent. Right? Like it wasn't like I was at first base. You know. I, I don't. Mean, Freeman's a good athlete. I know. I didn't understand it. I mean, is he is he a little faster? Probably. But, but it's not like you're dealing with a slow guy that you've got to get off the it base. It doesn't make any sense. And and honestly, yeah. the Tito piece of this, yeah. he was the guy I never questioned. Like, you know, he does he make mistakes? Of course. Yeah. Like you said, everyone yeah. does. But this year, there have been a number of situations yeah. where I'm like, is he losing his managerial fastball? I don't, I, again, I'm not, I'm not ready to go fire him. I can't imagine I I'm will. I'm not nowhere near that. But I can't imagine I have a will. But he's made me scratch my head more this year than he ever has in the past. Help me answer this. Oscar Gonzalez is no worse than three or four of the guys that are getting regular at-bats yeah, right now. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. Oscar Gonzalez was the hero, the playoff hero of this team last year. Right. He was becoming a fan favorite. Yeah. We love him. He had a bad start. I'm not here to yeah. advocate that his start didn't warrant him being sent down, but if that's the bar you're going to use, I've seen enough Gabriel Arias. Yeah. I, I, I know that's a bold take. I know. I, I've seen enough. If you're not going to play Gabriel Arias every day, if you're not going to give it, like, then send him down. Let him play Bull. every day in the minors. He's Bull. been terrible. Is it my imagination, or is he just, does he strike out half of his I, at-bats? I, I can't remember the last time he had a useful at-bat. I mean, it seems he strikes out every single I know. time. It's, it's, it's horrible. And so here's what I don't understand. Yeah. You're committing, and, and we like Will Brennan. Will's a friend of the show. I like Will. I think Will is a serviceable player. But I think his splits are terrible. Terrible. I, you know, he clearly cannot hit left-handed pitching. I think he's doing okay against right-handed yeah. pitching. Do you at want least in my mind. Yeah. I think, it's, I think he's again, okay. Yeah, no he's hitting. Power. It's a, a small sample a size real quick. But 
against righties in 154 at bats. He's hitting 286. Okay. But you'll take and run to the bank. Hell, no, that's awesome. I'll take that all day. But against, against lefties, lefties, he's horrible. In 38 at bats, he's hitting 184. Yeah. Okay. It's not a huge sample size, but it's no, enough. No, it's not. Where, but like, you're, there's a hundred point difference. Right. I can't have that. I, so Os- if, and Oscar what? got off to a bad start when he went down to Columbus, but he's played better lately. Oscar's hitting the ball better. Yes, so let's get him back up. And I mean, he, I don't want to see Rosario play every day either. I I, I know I, he's been a little better, but I it's believe like, in Rosario. I do. I, I I'm not ready. But to, they're like, moving cut on the from him at the end of the year. Wait, you know anyway. what? Gabriel Arias isn't it. Then let's see Rocchio. I mean, let's maybe. But you know? I, what's give me Arias's I strikeouts right. He's 100, per at bat. 131 at bats and 50 strikeouts. Okay. Yeah, that's awful. What? <laughs> And that's almost forty percent. Especially like if he were if he had a dozen home runs, then I'd be like, well, okay, Al, that's fine. Right, risk reward. Yeah, go up know, there and swing. What does he have? One home run? Gabriel no, he's got a couple. Arias he's got four home runs four and home six RBIs. Oh, actually, yeah. six four. RBIs. Oh, right. Okay. Now, and six how RBIs. do you get to that point? Four home runs and six RBI. That's like a softball stat. That's crazy. Josh Donaldson of the Yankees has eight hits, six home runs this year. Oh my God. Aris <laughs> is hitting one ninety one. By the way. Yeah, I mean, I can't. So, I, so I got you, all these guys. Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, your point about the players in the pipeline, we've clogged the pipeline. Uh, There's it. no flow now. Right. Because we've got so many of them that it's actually become punitive to us. 100%. And what? so here's where the organization earns its medal. And normally they've been great at this. Find out the ones that are going to hit before everybody else knows about it. That's right. Now, at, the word's out on Arius. Good luck trading them. Right. Think about the trade value. Now, again, Arius... Way too small sample size to determine his career. Yeah, but I am, I am good with sending him down to the minors right now. I am too. I've seen but enough like, of him. At the think big about what level. his trade value would have been a year ago. Compared I know. To now. That's and that's what I'm saying. Think about what Nolan Jones's trade value. He ended up giving him away for nothing. Same thing with they, Will Benson. They bet on the wrong pony in that scenario. They certainly did. Like give away areas. Like because right now, if you're making a trade. Who are you excited about trading for? Like, I'm yeah. not excited about trading for Arias or Freeman. No. Like, I, and the pitchers, that, so so Allen and Gavin Williams and yeah. Bybee. Right. Those guys are, in typical Cleveland fashion, they're yeah. hitting more on the pitchers. Yes. Now, all of them have had little check marks against them where they're like, okay, they're not right. you know, dominant aces yet. None no. of them. No, no, no. But they all have the stuff to be dominant. Oh, aces. sure. And Bybee, I mean, Williams only been one start, but but Bybee and Allen, it's been way more good than bad. Way more good. Especially Bybee. I mean, but, the way he bulldogged through that game after the bad defense when Fry makes the I don't think he gave up, up a hit after the whole nah, he was he was just great. And he like, I loved when he's fired up when he gets through this because he hadn't gotten through the sixth inning in a while. Right. And he got out of that jam with some strikeouts. Like, you know, and by the way, that's another thing. And I know he got a hit to win the game. Good for him. Why is David Fry playing right field? I don't know. I, I, I can't it. understand it. I think the other thing about Tito is yeah. he has had weird infatuations with guys that I'm like, I don't get it with him. Yeah. Like, why is Tito giving this guy so many opportunities? And what the hell did Oscar Gonzalez do? Yeah, that he's totally off that the he's map. he's banished to the minor leagues. I don't know. When if you compare his numbers to some of the guys that are consistently getting chances, yeah. which did nothing for us last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Why is Oscar the guy that gets banished to Columbus? I, I don't get it. I mean, right now, like, how many guys do you trust in the lineup? Obviously, Two. Jose and Naylor. That's it. Earl, how many do you think? How many do you trust? Uh, I probably trust two. I mean, I I think Jimenez is starting to come around. That I I, he'll, I have no worries about him long term. I don't. He's had a bad I'm, first I'm half. I'm also there with with Rosario too. I do think that he's just there's too much there right. that I see that I like. I have changed my thinking on Miles Straw, which now is the first time 
that I actually made Bull change his mind and Bull actually made me change my mind. <laughs> because last year you were like, yeah. he's not that good of a center fielder. And I was insisting, no, he is. Yeah. He won a gold glove. You were like, okay, you know what? He can run the bases. He can't hit a lick. But but now I'm with you. Yeah. Bye. I can't have it. Bye. I can't Goodbye. do it anymore. He, he, I mean, that you knew he wasn't going to get a hit in the, in the 10th. I game. knew it was over. I knew the game was over. Now, I, and somebody said to me, well, you didn't criticize Ramirez and Naylor. Well, those guys get clutch hits all the time. I mean, Ramirez, we can call, listen, they both had a bad at-bats in the 10th inning. They did. They both swung at bad strike threes. How? What can I say about Naylor right now? He's gotten a clutch hit almost every time he's been up lately. Right. Jose's always been clutch. You know, but, but like, so Those two I right mean, now are above reproach yeah, for me. I mean, I mean, I liked your point about Naylor. Naylor's been better against lefties, yeah. but the tough lefties, he's an no, 0 for 4. No, but that's fine. You can fine. pen it in. He's an 0 yeah, for 4 yeah, yeah, against I'm good still, But I can still play him 85% of the time. So, that's so fine. What, what I don't understand is, so when a major league roster is being yeah. constructed, you, you have to find out, okay, where's the power going to come from? Yeah. The Guardians have completely abandoned the theory of where you get your power. You get your power from first and third, ba- the corners. Yeah. First and third, left and right. Yeah. You, you expect that you're going to be weaker up the middle. Sure. Your shortstop and second baseman are probably more defensive-oriented and slap base hit guys. Same with your center fielder. Occasionally, you get a Mike Trout, the yeah. exception, not the rule. But the fact that they have completely ignored the fact that you have to get power from your outfielders, that's why this team is historically awful at hitting yeah. the ball over the fence. No doubt. I mean, it, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, even even if we take straw out of that, I mean, like, Quan and Brennan Four and have, one? have How many five home runs? home runs between them. Yeah, it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. I'm sorry, enough. six. It's six because six, straw got has none. none. Right, yeah. I mean, six well, home runs from your outfield. I'm going I'm to go out on a limb, and I don't know yeah. how you'd figure this out. Maybe yeah. you'd have to go to Elias. It's. I would be very comfortable in saying that in the history of Major League Baseball, there may only be a handful of other teams, if any, who 77 games in have a total of six home runs from their starting outfield. I would. Bet, I, I can't remember. What I would, would bet happen in the, I, at least in the live ball era. In the last 70 years. Yeah, in say. the live ball era. I would bet that I would say there's almost no chance a team I, has less. Than I don't that. think it's ever been done. I know. No, I mean, to, to guys run into balls that hit home. And you I hit would, a home run. I would say eighty percent of teams, maybe higher, at least in the last forty years, have one outfielder with at least six home runs. Eighty percent, maybe more than eighty. I mean, I think let it's alone than, three I that think, have. Yeah, combined. you know what? I think I don't think it's ever happened that seventy-seven can't games in the season, the team has a total. Of six home runs from his outfield. <laughs> I mean, even if you had, even if you had like Carlos Gonzalez's 80 at bats for the year, he, I think he only hit, uh, not Carlos Gonzalez, Oscar Gonzalez, Oscar Gonzalez hit, hit, I think one. only one in yeah. the majors. A couple of sprinkle other guys. I bet you it's maybe eight or nine total, maybe ten. Can't win that way. I mean, you can't, 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 can't win that you way. Cannot win. Cannot win that and, way. And the only way you could even be in contention that way is it is if everything's perfect. And and you play in the central. And you play because yeah. if they were in the East, they'd be Tied, in last place, last place by a lot. They'd be no higher than they'd be second to last in the West. Right, and in in the National League, they I think they'd be in fourth in the NL Central. I think I don't think they'd be higher than fourth in any other division. The NL Central is bad too, not quite and, as bad as the AL Central. But. You know what's making it worse? The Reds. Oh, That's right. pissing me off. Yeah. Jay, real quick, you mentioned six home runs. How many players do you think currently have? In Major League Baseball, seven by themselves. 200? So, 300? No, not, 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 not that. quite that many, but over 100. 
I mean, 139 players have hit seven home runs by themselves. And if you go we're to six. Halfway, we're almost at the halfway point. I, I told you. Ga- you Gary to Sanchez. Six, Gary Sanchez is, has like was out of baseball, has 75 plate appearances. He has seven home runs. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. Jordan Walker is 168. They're tied for 168. There are 200 players in Major League Baseball that have hit six home oh, runs this year. And you look at it. Well, that's Jay, definitely. here's what drives you nuts about the, about the red situation. Is they call up this Ellie? I know, I know. And he's just he's like a doing it all. He is a phenom. And, and their other young players are getting ignored because he's a, like they, they called up the shortstop Matt McLean, who was a first he's round pick. Playing well, he's playing great. But he, he but all everything the headlines else, are going because this guy's amazing. He hit, it's, he hit, for, the he hit for the cycle. I mean, he hit for the cycle. Spencer Steer, another rookie. Like they got all these exciting young so players. That's what pisses me off. Yeah. Like they're the team in Ohio now that's right. playing winning baseball. Yep. They're the team that's bringing up the young stuff. Like, we brought these guys up, and we thought, okay, here comes Bo right. Naylor. Right. Oh, here comes Gabriel Arias. And none of them have exploded on the scene, right? When last year, what was the MO? Everybody they brought up right. hit. Everybody. Right. And now everybody's gone. You know, Brennan's okay. Oscar what, Gonzalez. What is Brennan? Steven Kwan's gone backwards. I'm, I know he's he back has. 260. I'm trying to figure out what is Will Brennan. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I don't either. It feels like the best of him might be I 270 still and 15 home runs. And, I, you know, I, I don't want that every day in the outfield. No, I don't either. But I still I, I still like him better than Nolan Jones, even though Jones is putting the numbers yeah, up. Yeah, I listen, again, small sample size for right. Nolan Jones. He's playing in Colorado. There's right. no pressure. It's a good ballpark to hit in. Uh, but if Quan's not a 300 hitter or close to it, he's useless. I mean, he's, again, good defensively, but it was bad enough making the argument for straw and center. I don't care how good defensively my left is. You can have is. one fast defensive light hitting outfielder. Right. You can't have two. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't think Quan is a light hitting outfielder. I think he's going to hit no power, but he's going to. Yeah. He, he's a he's a great guy. Yeah. To put at the top of your lineup and know that he's going to get close to 180 hits. Yeah. And he's going to get you know now 30, 40 stolen bases if right. he wanted to. And so that that piece of it, I'm fine with. But you can't have other light hitting outfield. No. You can't have another outfielder who who has run into one home run ball the last two years. I know, and and I put this other tweet. I don't know if you saw this one, Mike. If you look at OPS last three years in uh, 2021, Miles Straw was tenth worst in baseball. Oh my god! Last year he was second worst. This year he's fifth worst. If you combine it over the last three years, I'm pretty sure I didn't do this, but I would. Pretty sure he has the worst OPS in baseball since the start of the season. Well, he'd have season. to be because guys, 10, that, were, three years guys that were bottom 10 yeah. typically aren't in the game anymore. <laughs> no, they're not. They're Him and Austin, he and Austin Hedges might have the two worst OPSs. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. And you could live with a, with a Stephen Kwan or, or even a Miles Rowe or maybe even both if you, were get, if you had five, six, seven big-time hitters in the rest of the lineup. You don't. But they don't. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, a guy problem. like that, that's why I said on Friday, yeah. he might be able to fit into the Yankees because he's surrounded by guys that are going to hit yeah. 30. Toronto, Tampa, but he can't Atlanta. I can't, I can't do it. Even Kevin Kiermeyer, who's an outfielder who's been primarily like a defensive player, he's playing more for his defense. Oh, he has way more. He's got six home runs. Yeah, he seven has way home more runs. power than like, – at least hit, at least get me double digits. At least get the like almost every player in baseball these days should at least get ten home and runs. And Oscar Gonzalez is down. Yeah, and he's got I think six home runs in Columbus, maybe seven, something like that. And he's been better lately. And bring him up. Uh, yeah, I mean, bring him up. You've got to yeah. make changes. What you're doing isn't working. It's you're not taking working. two steps or one step no. forward and two steps back. All of that being said, and I yeah. read your tweets, and I, I I'm with you. I co-signed. I couldn't 
co-sign it anymore. All of that being said, yeah. because they play in the worst division in the history of Major League Baseball, yes. and factually that's got to be true, they've got a chance. They still have a chance. <laughs> and, and when you look at what they did, September 9th, I think we talked about this, September 9th, they had like a one or a two game lead going yeah. to Minnesota. And then they won, they went 22 and five or whatever, right. got white hot and went into the playoffs. Yeah. Tito's teams tend to figure it out as the season Second goes half, on. They do. But at the all star break here, I want some move. I want Let's do action. something. Because this team, as constituted, what good does it do you to make yeah. the playoffs and get knocked no. around in the first round? No. None. You, you want to make the playoffs because you want to think you have a chance. This team is constituted. No. No. No chance. No because chance. Bieber isn't Bieber. No. He's just not. Mackenzie, I got an email from somebody that watched our show Friday and, yeah. and, and I think went overboard with – he characterized what I was saying about um, about Sticks, uh, yeah. Mackenzie. Yeah. He, I wasn't saying that he's not going to have a major league career. I just said uh, my concerns about his body type have ramped up. Of course. And – uh, There's been a lot of injuries. Because now it's not just the shoulder. It's yeah. the shoulder and the elbow. So it's cause for, it's, it's, it's no reason doubt. for concern. Yes. So, you know, I don't know what he's going to end up being, but he, they're going to get very little to anything out of him this year. Right. If he pitches at all this year, it's a win to me. It's frustrating. We, I, I want moves. I, yeah. I, if and you by sit the way, on your hands, it tells me that you're apathetic. By the way, two last things really quick, I promise, Mike. People, three or four people on Twitter yesterday were trying to argue with me that the Guardians could trade Miles Straw. I'm like, are you out of your mind? What were they arguing? That was... that somebody would trade for Miles Straw. No. He's owed $19 million the next three years. Yeah, no, he's not getting any. Nobody would trade for him. No. And number two, somebody said, well, let's trade Shade Bieber for Jordan Walker. Now, I know you don't want to trade Bieber. I'm okay with it if they get major league talent. Sure. The Cardinals are not trading Jordan Walker. Never. This nope. guy, have you seen what he looks like? I have. Oh, and, my God. But, you know, that's a typical, like, out-of-touch fan yeah. who thinks, you know, yeah, well, let's just package him up for this and get – not going to happen. No chance. Okay, uh, go ahead, right. Mikey. We got Daryl Johnston joining us now. This was a last-second nice. addition to the show. Moose. We have the EVP of the USFL before the USFL Championship this weekend in Canton. We've already given out eight tickets, and now we have a Hall of Famer joining us. What's up, Daryl? Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. So I'm not sure if you're aware of it. You probably are. But um, one of the guys that's been a regular on our panel, um, he's come in every Monday for the, the bulk of the season, Boogie Roberts, um, one of the defensive linemen yes. for Pittsburgh. Great guy, great personality, just, just and very knowledgeable in not just football but all sports. He's a huge NBA fan. He's from L.A. Um, and here he is now. Every week for the last four, he's come in and said, well, guys, if we don't win, you know, my run is done. We're, you know, we're out. They had to win the last couple games of the regular season, the last three, just to make it in the playoffs. And now, here he is, um, a win from winning the championship. And I know Birmingham's going to be the big favorite, but he said something that I want your reaction to. He said, it ain't no fun when the Rabbits got the gun. I give this team, I give this team a fighting chance, Moose. What, what do you no think doubt. about that? Oh, we get to test the old adage, defense wins championships and offense sells tickets. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a hard pill for me to swallow as an offensive guy, uh, but but that's what everybody says. We're going to find out. I think it's going to be a great pressure test uh, between these two teams. Uh, they've done a great job of, of wearing that underdog, disrespected team all season long. They were 1-9 last year. Uh, I don't think anybody had Pittsburgh on their radar to be the North representative in our championship game, but they've done a fantastic job. Uh, they don't beat themselves, and, and that's one of the things that we saw during the course of the season. We had some of our teams find very creative ways to, to lose games, and, and that's one of the things 
that, that Pittsburgh hasn't done. It's one of the things that Birmingham hasn't done. So I think we're, we're getting our, our two top teams kind of rolling into this in our championship game. Uh, and, and I always tell people, you know, they're like, well, you know, the North Division, they didn't even have a winning record. You know, you should expand. So, you know, you get the top four teams and not do it divisionally. Um, the last three NFL teams to go to the playoffs with a losing record, two of those three won. So those guys are exactly what you said Boogie talked about. They are playing for their playoff lives at the end of the regular season. So they, they've got that sense of urgency. Uh, they've been in playoff mode for a long time, uh, and, and they seem to kind of ride that wave and make pushes into the playoffs. So I, I'm really excited you know, to see how this game pans out because I, I guarantee you, to your point, Birmingham will be the heavy favorite, uh, and there's not going to be a lot of people thinking that Pittsburgh is going to pull this off. Yeah, and they are six and a half point favorite. I saw this morning. I'm curious, you know, um, Boogie was telling us about the quarterback from Birmingham, and he was saying that he thinks he's more dangerous out of the pocket running with the ball than he is in the pocket throwing the ball there. Uh, it, you know, I know he's, a, I, I'm guessing he's the favorite to win MVP of the league. How good is he? He's very good. He's grown up. He's matured quite a bit. I think that he and Skip have a great rapport. Uh, it's always dangerous when your play caller and your quarterback get on the same page. And they've kind of got that telepathic, I already know what you're thinking type thing. When you get into the third down scenarios, when you get into the red red zone scenarios, they, they know what the play should be called. And they're kind of walking in lockstep. Uh, that's where these two guys are right now. But but Alex is, is playing superior to, to any point in his career uh, as a football player. And he'll tell you that. And a lot of people will say it's because he's grown and understood that risk-reward scenario when making his decisions. And, and he has not put the Birmingham offense uh, in a tough spot you know, during the course of the year. But, but it is true. There's a lot of quarterbacks that if you make them beat you from the pocket, sometimes they struggle with that. I think that that's another area that Alex has actually matured and grown. We all see how dangerous he is when he gets to the outside. He and Jay Sternberger seem to have that, that connection uh, when the play breaks down and all of a sudden you're off script. Uh, that that's one of the areas that, that Alex is very dangerous, but I think he's played very, very well from the pocket this year. So, you know, Boogie may think that, you know, hey, we're going to make him beat us from the pocket. The one thing that Alex, Alex has brought to the table this year is the ability to beat you from the pocket. Hey, Daryl, where is the league as we get ready to go into this championship game uh, compared to where you guys had hoped it would be? Is it growing at the rate that you had wanted? And um, what are the what are the plans in the future for, for the USFL? Yeah, we're on great footing right now. Um, you know, coming out of year one, I, I thought we might go to a North division and a South division and have four teams in each hub. And, and for our, our league to have the confidence to expand to four hubs and put two teams in each one, which, which is much more than I thought we would do, it adds so many logistical challenges. It really kind of separates your workforce. Uh, our USF, uh, USFL family you know, is now in multiple hubs instead of all together like we were in year one. So that presented some challenges there. But uh, everybody's done a tremendous job, risen to the occasion. I, I thought we had a great year, too. I think our play is better uh, at key positions. I think our quarterbacks across the board were better year two than year one. We added 120-plus years of coaching experience with our four new hires this year. When you talk about Mike Nolan, Ray Horton, Curtis Johnson, and John Filippo from, from high school, college, and to the professional level, over 120 years. And there's five Super Bowls mixed in there with those guys. Uh, three of our four new hires were in our playoffs. So it, as good as we were this year and, and as much as improved we were this year, I can't wait to see 
what we do in year three. Uh, the consistency from season to season, you could see it with our players. They're much more comfortable. They understand it. One of the big things in football is you have to stop thinking, right? You're just reacting, and you can't get to that point until you become very comfortable in your systems. And I think we saw a lot of that here in year two, and we should see even more of that in year three. Hey, Daryl, I got a question for you about the uh, Sky Judge. So there was a, a, a impact penalty called in that championship game with Michigan and Pittsburgh. The Sky Judge was able to step in and get the correct call. How, how far away is the NFL from adapting some of what you guys do in the USFL as far as Scott Judge and other things like that? Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of fans that are looking at it and thinking the same thing that you are, that you know we can't have a mistake cost the team an opportunity to play for a championship. Um, we had that same situation last year in New Jersey and Philadelphia. There was a, a, a roughing the quarterback call. And, and it did look like it in real time, but then when you looked at it in slow motion, it was not. And there was an interception thrown on that play uh, that went all the way down inside the red zone, the other direction. And if that play would have stood, then New Jersey is on their way in to kind of seal that game and, and become the North Division champion. They overturn it uh, in review, and Philadelphia goes on to win that game and, and represent the North in the championship game. And then we had another similar one Saturday night. I, I think when the stakes are high, and you're talking about the opportunity to compete for a championship and you have the ability to step in and correct the call. I, I, I don't know how you don't look at that as the NFL and say we've got to find a way to make that work in our league because there's just too much at stake and we can't have the excuse of, well, you got to play that game and human error is a part of it. When we can fix human error that prohibits a team from rightfully going to, to play for a championship, we should, we should take advantage of that opportunity. Now, is there ever going to be a time, do you guys think, where these teams will play in their cities? Or is it always going to be hubs? No, the mission is to get everybody into their home markets. Okay. Um, you look at what, what our crowd was like Sunday night um, and, and then what you had Saturday night. Um, you know, we have New Jersey and, and Pittsburgh in Canton. And listen, I'm from Western New York. I, I know the rivalry that exists between Western New York, Western Pennsylvania and Eastern Ohio, right? We, you know, it's Buffalo, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, they just battle and, and it's and it's hard for, you know, the people of Ohio to, to cheer for a team from from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, so, you know, our goal is to get every single one of our teams into that home market, have that home field advantage, really engage our fan bases, um, you know, let them know that we are going to be here. You know, that's the hardest part is we transition in a sustainable way to keep our league up and running. Uh, at a pace that guarantees us the opportunity to get these eight teams into their home markets. As we go through that process, you know, we know that the fan bases in some of these hubs are like, well, it's hard for me to cheer for Pittsburgh because I know they're not going to be here all the time. Or it's hard for me to cheer in Philadelphia when you're up at Ford Field because I know they're probably going to be leaving soon. So it's, it's really hard for the people there to commit themselves as a fan base. So the goal has always been to get all of our teams into their home markets. Yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. And uh, I like the plan. Absolutely. It seems to definitely be working so far. Yeah. Daryl, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you get a great championship game. And uh, we here at the UCSS, we're giving away 40 tickets this week to watch Pittsburgh and Birmingham fight <laughs> for the trophy. Thanks, Daryl. Appreciate awesome. it. Yeah, thank you. Say hi to Boogie for me. He's been great. We're trying to get him some reps uh, in the offseason as well. He is very talented. Nice. I, I love yeah. to hear that. I know he's going to love to hear that. Uh, in fact, I know one day he wants to be a game analyst. So who better to mentor him than you? So uh, I, I hope you, you kind of help him and take him under your wing. Yeah. Smart kid, great personality, passionate. I think he's got everything that it takes. Daryl, thanks again. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. 
You got it, guys. Thanks for everything. There you go. Hey, that'd be a huge win for for Boogie if if he could uh, sort of have Daryl yeah, as no his doubt. mentor and show him the ropes because uh, I see a lot of qualities in Boogie that I'd be rooting for them great, to win Saturday great, night. Yeah, good luck to Boogie. Eight o'clock. We're giving away thirty-two more tickets throughout the rest of the week, so stay tuned for how you can win those. <laughs> Speaking of free tickets, you could get free admission to the College Companies Championship if you. Hurry up and check out CollegeGolf.com. They are coming to the famous Firestone Country Club next month. Should be fun. We'll be down there. So come hang out with us when we are down there at the College Companies Championship. Are we going down there for sure? We're going to do something down there. We're not going to showdown, but we're going to send someone down do some reports. But over the weekend, speaking of reports, me and Earl of Pearl, Earl of Pearl and I, sorry, Mom, (laughs) went down to Greg Newsom's charity (laughs) softball game. And we did something that no one else did. And I want Earl to set up how he made this initial connection. Then we're going to play the piece. Yeah. But, Earl, you've been out here for 40 minutes. You've said three words. Tell us how we set <laughs> up. Apparently, Earl was really popular there. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we get out there. You know, shout out to Greg Newsom. Shout out to the entire, you know, event and things like that. Me, Martin Emerson Jr., David Njoku, Darius Garland that plays for the cast. We all got the same hairstylist. We all got the same loctician. You're living in the big time. Uh, Wait, loctician? Yeah, it's a loctician. I didn't know that's what they were called. That's loctician. Loctician. (laughs) I love it. We got the same loctician. Now, come to find out, she had already told him about me. Oh, nice. So, I got there uh, probably about 40 minutes before McNuggets got there, you know, interacting with the players, introducing myself, got the UCSS t-shirt on, telling them about us, and through conversation, he remembers her telling you know, him about me. So right. we get to talking about our hair, and that broke the ice. It always does. Hair that, tips, man. You're in. Shout out to MJ Emerson Jr., man. Was nothing short of amazing. Show UCSS a lot of love. Good. We were the only sports entity out there that had a player mic'd up. And I think it had a lot to do with the off-the-field connections and things like the that. The loctician. Yeah, that was great. so <laughs> it, it was great. You better give her a big tip next <laughs> now, time. Now, who's your loctician? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would look great. With the locks, we need to, uh, That would be a put that on a, your to-do graphic list. I want to see what bull looks with like the with dreads. <laughs> All right, so we will do that. I think I would so look good to with dreads. What, to what Earl was saying, we got a bunch of interviews, especially yeah. with the DBs on this team. Yeah, we talked to Martin Emerson, who you're going to see in a sec. We talked to Cam Mitchell. I did my first. We talked interview. to Juan Thornhill, who knows bull. Yeah, tell so that story, Mike. We'll get to that when we do Thornhill. Okay, we got right. a couple of stuff. So what we're going to do here is we mic'd up Emerson for three innings of the softball oh, game. Oh, wow. That was it well came done out by awesome. you guys. So we're going to play this. Let's see it. We're going to react, and afterwards, I'll show you the home run swings from the home run derby, and we're going to grade some we'll players' pick, swings. We'll pick the best home run swing on the Browns. But let's start with Martin Emerson Jr., who is now a UCSS favorite. Shout-out to MJ for being as cool as it comes. Earl nailed it. He was awesome, and uh, he was super cool. Eh, softball, let's just say he's probably made the right choice sticking to football. Steve play. <laughs> David, that shit didn't strike it out. Let's go! Let's go, Greg! Get away! Swing, baby, baby! That was coming oh, here. That was coming here right here. I seen it. Ooh. They still gonna lose. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> that just went home run. I like it. Who hit the home run? Oh! Wrong oh, turn. Wrong <laughs> turn. He out, he out, he out, he out! My shade's broke. Oh, no. <laughs> Keep going. Hey, he can't throw. Perry, I can't throw. I try him every time. Perry, I can't jump or throw. We gotta keep it going. Emerson. <laughs> 
So I'm coming back <laughs> with a better play coming soon. Just watch. A few minutes later. <laughs> oh! But you know what? That's how you recover right he there. He put himself in a position to make yeah. a great play still, by, by overcommitting. Still a nice play. That was yeah, great. Yeah, the Guardians yeah. definitely will not be calling <laughs> Martin. Shout out to MJ, man. That was great stuff, though. Good job MJ. by you to get him to wear the yeah. fight. I got some feedback after the fact, too. Yeah. You know, she, she texted me. She said, you got a few minutes. She said, uh, he loved you. He loved your personality. Nice. That's said, awesome. Uh, you know, he had a lot of great things to say about the show. I'd Gave say him you a guys are boys now. I, I think so. I, I think, think we I think we headed out. in that direction, you know. So there you, go. you know how there we. That's do it. awesome. You know, that was great. Game. That was a lot of fun. He he was a great sport. He was. I'm telling you. And yeah. Earl, I think that's the first time Earl's been out, and he actually did his first. He did a 60 seconds. So we're gonna play that. Oh, really? week We put Earl in front of the camera. With Earl, who? Not sure how many times. AJ Green. He did with AJ Green. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm not sure how many times Earl's had a chance to intermingle in a media setting with some pro athletes. Is that the first time in, in that kind of capacity? Uh, I mean, outside of when we did Cavs Media Day last yeah. year, this was okay. like my second Fair. time. But uh, I think he has the knack. He, you say? He, he killed it. He killed it. And afterwards, Emerson retweeted three things from the softball event. Yeah. Nice. He retweeted the picture with Earl he took. He retweeted. Oh, your boys. The tease yeah. Yeah, that we boys. had setting up today's story. Yeah. And he retweeted, and we'll show you his home run swing coming up. Uh, spoiler alert, he did not win the home run. If, he retweet, <laughs> if, he, is it, if he's retweeting everything UCSS, we got to be boys. So I, yeah, I you're think, definitely boys. I think, I think if Bull gets locked, Bull and he could be boys. He was, he was I'm telling you, <laughs> he was as cool as it comes. You know, we've That's awesome. We've interacted with a bunch of guys, not as many here, because, you know, a lot of times we're here during the show, we're not at training right, camp. Right, right. Uh, they were awesome. Shout out to Greg Newsom putting on a great event. And Emerson was as nice and as genuine. And as I mean, we took the mic after three innings, and he was like, oh, I got to give it back. Oh. And we were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice job putting footage, together that so. piece. Yeah, Good great job, job by Earl. you guys. Great job by him. He's yeah. obviously a great personality guy. He no awesome. doubt. He's a, he's a fan favorite. He's, he's a UCSS a favorite. And uh, I think we're going to be getting a lot of scoop now because Oh, yeah, Earl's, Earl's connected boy. now. So we got to make sure that we, yeah. uh, we next thing we got to do. Connection. By the way, real quick before you play the next thing, there's there's only eight Browns training camp practices that are available to the, to yes. the fans and media this That's year, which point. is low. However, I noticed there were a couple of two p.m. ones, on which a is Sunday. good. Which I think they're all for us. Yeah, I think most of them are. Yes, I, oh, we should I go out there on a Sunday. Two. We should go yeah. out there we'll on the Sunday. Out there. I'm pretty sure all eight that are available to the public are two p.m. starts. Are they? I thought it was like six. Well, whatever. There's some, so that'll be good for us. Next step in Earl the Pearl's progression. So we got to teach him how to edit. 
Okay. Yeah. We got to teach him how to edit. We got to teach him how to shoot and edit. He got in front of the camera. Now we got to teach him how to use the camera. He did his first. Got to have all skill sets, but it's seconds. easy. Yeah. It's very easy. I, I had fun. Learned a lot, man. Shout out to my boy McNuggets, man. Gave me some pointers on how to interview. Good. Uh, he gave me some pointers, I think, you know, before we left here during the week on how to shoot some video and things like that. Great. So just it's a dramatic learning curve. Yeah. In, in a month of doing it regularly. Yeah. You got it. But, but yeah. I, I, I had fun. I was ready for more. Good for you. Done. Well done. Very well done. Or shout else? out to Martin Emerson. We got to get him on. That is now the white whale for us because he would, he would thrive in this situation. Hey, I, I the boys. I was on it. They're boys. We'll bring them in. We'll talk about, you know, like how you condition the hair, <laughs> yeah. what you do. And shout out to Shanti, man, from the lock shop. That's she made all this happen, man. really. Yeah. Shanti. Shout out to Shanti. She's so. my favorite uh, lock, locksmith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, let's... Not locksmith. Lock, lock, lock. I don't know if they got the picture, but she even posted a picture of me and him on on, on, the, uh, on her Instagram. Oh, so no. she had fun oh, with it. Uh, David Njoku is her favorite. It's her favorite client. Yeah. She tries a lot of different styles out on him. So and anybody with locks. Like we really, really love our hair, and we yeah. take who who do our hair very serious. Sure, we take the it's a big deal. Of it. This is not a cheap thing right here. This it is, doesn't look it's, cheap. It's costly. So. Yeah, right. And <laughs> I imagine the maintenance costly. is pretty. And shout out to Stump Mitchell, Coach Stump Mitchell. He goes to her too as well. So she, really, yeah, she she got a lot of. Uh, so she seems to be the loctologist. Yeah, she's the person yeah. to go to. She's love, the person to go to in, in the city. So I think right. they should be called locksmith. So last thing we got to get to here. Yeah is the home run swings. We have one, two, three, four, five, six different wow. players, not all Browns. Did they all hit Browns. home runs? Uh, let's take the first one. MJ, right. we love you, brother. Don't worry. You right. are a guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, you are much better in the field, and that's saying something. All right. Not using his lower half at all. Yeah, he doesn't get enough leg twist in there. So hard to work with the kids on that. Just wait yeah, to it. Though. I know it is hard. As y'all watch, I'm gonna talk to y'all. Just wait. Wait, just that's wait out. See it. No, it's not. Yeah, oh, that, it's just a yeah, pop up. That, that's that's a home run in a silo. Also, I was talking smack to all the other photogs there that no one can shoot baseball better than me. When we get to some of the home runs, yeah. I ain't gonna toot my own horn, but you were on it. Oh, well, no clearly, one. you had a nice zoom in on the ball there. Y'all can't, y'all can't stand with me. All right, let's go to Donovan Mitchell. Can we get Chris Antonetti on the phone before y'all see this? Get Chris Antonetti on the phone right now. You just talked about a first baseman, right? Mm -hmm. A serviceable first baseman. I say no contract extension for the Cavs for Donovan Mitchell. I, I can Sign tell just by a little bit I saw in that piece. Give me a 10-year, $300 million deal. We got our first base. Wow, let's see. I'll this pass is, on that, but this I won't is absurd. see it. Donovan Mitchell hit some absolute freaking Yeah, bangs. I can Steve. tell just by his footwork Played. at first base, he's done this. And he's got the lefty swing. Oh, my. That's a classic lefty swing right there. Oof. There's about 15 in here. We'll yeah. play some of them. We'll... Oh, those those are. This is no exaggeration. Did he hit any out over the regular fence? He broke yeah. car windows. He, yeah, he was. He broke he was car windows? Tanks. He broke car windows. Are you kidding me? I, I don't think there's any cars parked back yeah, there. Yeah. A couple of these could have if there were cars Okay, back no, there. the cop told me he broke three cars. That was windows. over the regular fence. He's hitting Oh, he did shots. break a car window? Yeah, the Yo, cop he said he broke three. Tanks. Yeah, he Look was at killing this. That had to, was that the hard ball, the, the home run ball? Because there's different softballs that you can use. No, it's just a, this is a regular. Well, usually for home run derbies, they use the ones that bounce that that get a lot of. Oh, then maybe I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I didn't do the ball science. Very on, uh... nice and easy swing. He clearly won, right? He did win. Yes, he beat our next contestant. Steve, you go right to one one seventy nine next. He beat Greg Newsom in the championship round, and Greg Newsom also hit a bunch of tanks. Steve, you can take it. It's right next. It's the next one. Yep. Here you go. Oh, nice, nice leg kick. <laughs> Tank city. Good timing mechanism. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. A bit army with the swing, don't you think? Yeah, you big time. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> this and next he's not one, a big dude. This next one is Good still balance. traveling. This next one I'm not sure has landed yet. Wow, he's all arms, yeah. too. He's getting good power for a skinny dude. That oh, was, wow, that went up on the lawn. Yeah, he, he had 11. Mitchell had 15. He couldn't hit a base. He couldn't hit baseball that way. No, not with that swing, but no. he clearly has yeah, played before. Next yeah. up was Kareem Hunt. He uh, not a great swing. This was his one home run of the round. He went Shout out Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Fence wasn't super long, but uh, that was his one home run. Next was Terrell Owens, who showed up. T.O., not a great hitter. T.O. will show up to anything. Did with you a guys camera. get to talk to him at all? Uh, no. We said what's up. Oh, we, we, we said no, that's an awful swing. I'm oh. putting that in the Josh Bell category. <laughs> T.O. hit a home run in the game. He, he did? Uh, yeah. He showed up about three minutes before he was supposed to be up for the home run derby. And <laughs> so, did not warm up. So he was first three Yeah, he okay. wasn't ready. And then we had one surprise guest, Alante Taylor, 184, Steve. Who was that? for the New Orleans Saints. He's defensive back for the Saints. Couple bombs. Oh, woo. Yeah. Wow. He finished in third. <laughs> yeah. Never heard of him. Oh, damn. That's a bomb. He played at Tennessee. He had a couple bombs. Did he play baseball? No, he played, he played he, defensive back. He played baseball in high school. He has played baseball at a high level He's definitely played baseball before, yeah. There's no question about it. That's the guy that uses his lower half. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good He has swing. a beautiful twist on yeah. the backside. He's got nice torque, good power. I like that guy. Yeah, he I was like cool. that guy a lot. He was super competitive. He was pissed when... He lost. Like he was legitimately pissed off when he. So lost. how nice. were the team split up? Was it offense defense? Was it just celebrities mixed in with the Browns on both sides? Yeah, they had a couple professional softball players oh, mixed really? in there too. The guy who you saw Greg Newsom, uh, not Newsom, you saw Martin Emerson be like, "Boo!" It's just one home run. Yeah, that was a random guy who plays professional okay. softball. Did Bernie play? I saw he was there. Bernie threw out the first pitch. He dropped back, threw it like a pass. Almost nice. a strike. It, it was pretty damn close. It was it was did a very he, good did first he, Did pick. he hike the right foot behind the left foot so he didn't get tripped up coming out of uh, center <laughs> like he used to do? Earl, I don't 100% you remember, remember how he that. used to, when he would get on yeah. Mike Babb, he was so slow and Babb was so quick that when he put both feet even, before he could get his right foot back, Babb was hitting it. So <laughs> he did this every time he would come under center. He was cockeyed. Yeah. And he had the right foot was already back. That's exactly how his stance was when he caught the pitch. Is it amazing yeah. that a quarterback that was left, less athletic than the center was actually good? You're right. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> when you watch him, I remember hearing so much about him. Yeah. And I'd seen him play a little bit at Miami, not a ton. Yeah. I knew that he was a clutch guy that always seemed to make the big throw when he mm. needed to. But I remember when I first started watching him in training camp before the first game. Yeah. I just remember looking at him going, this guy's never going to make it. No, never. He, he looks he, terrible. He threw, he threw sidearm. Yeah. He just, his, it was the most ugly duckling style. There's yeah. a funny piece on the NFL Films did about, they interviewed coaches and quarterbacks about how ugly Bernie Kosar's style was. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, and it was Kelly, Marino, yeah. all the greats at the time. And they all made fun of him, but they all said the same thing. Oh, if you watch him play, he's got the worst form of anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. But the guy gets it done. 
like and that was smart burning. as hell. So he as someone who was there, here. Earl, how would you rank the best softball celebrities <clears throat> that we saw on Saturday? Well, first of all, Donovan Mitchell was cheating. He had no business playing. I mean, you got to. It's just too good. It's just too good to be out there yeah. with the rest of them. Did he any home runs in he the hit game? Three yeah, home runs in yeah, the every game. time he came up, except yeah. for his last plate appearance, he homered. Every yeah, single time. I think time. he was three for three with three homers, yeah. He, he's three for, he was three for four. Well, uh, he was three with three homers. Yeah, so like out. McNuggets left. I watched his final at bat. Then I kind of snuck to the back to kind of get some uh, a Donovan Mitchell interview. But he popped out his very last at bat. Um, but Mitchell could have played baseball you know, at a very high Spider level. Spider was very personable, man. Like between every inning, he was going to sign autographs for the fans. Wow, I love nice. that. He spent a lot of time interacting with the fans and things like that. Uh, surprised nobody gave him a hard time because he had on Mets gloves, but whatever. But uh, I would say oh, no. Spider first. Uh, shout out to MJ. I thought MJ was great defensively. He didn't do too much with the bat. I thought that uh, Greg Newsom did pretty good. And then the kid that plays for the New Orleans Saints, I thought he was pretty solid too. All right, very Taylor. good. And a, they had Emmanuel Forbes Jr., the first-round yeah. pick for the Commanders this year, who was Emerson's teammate at Mississippi State. Yeah. Also the, a phenomenal athlete. Friend wow. of the show, DJ Steph Loss, he was out there. Uh, Steph Loss was there. Yeah, Steph not Loss a good softball there. player. Great so. DJ, not a good softball. <laughs> and Ste Man. Steph's my boy. I saw him Saturday night too. Anybody strike out? Uh, oh, there had to be. Yeah. It was That's the swings and misses. I'm, I'm putting money. Perry on Winfrey struck out. No, Winfrey actually hit an inside the park homer yeah. on like a ground at a third base. Wow. His, like, a, like a little league home run? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was it was the yeah. reef home run where oh. it was a grounder that was an overthrow that was an overthrow that was Did an overthrow. Did you say a reef home run? From your game, Reef, when he hit his home yeah, run. Yeah, but he hit that ball into the outfield, though, didn't he? Well, yeah, it went like 50 feet, though. That's not a knock on Reef. He's... Should have been. A, it was a legit uh, double. True. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah. But whatever, it was not a hard hit ball that he had inside right, the park right. home run on. Yes. Very good. Well, it looked and, like a and, lot and of fun. Quick, one, I hope they raised thing, some money. One last observation. Earl, I think you will confirm this. Everyone loves Perry on Winfrey. He may be a knucklehead off the field. And, yeah. You know, he was like Fans everyone. and player, like all – Everyone that was there, all the players, he was like, seemed like the most popular dude there. I'm not kidding. Well, Earl, did there, you get I that have same no problem with that, but I, I, definitely, I definitely got that same vibe. Um, just, just watching the body language, watching the interaction. Yeah. Cool dude. You they know, all sort of just, gravitate just, to him. Just a cool, very cool dude, very yeah. humble, very respectful. Doesn't come off like, you know, he's bigger than the next man because he plays in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Good. So Good. I like to hear that. I, that, that right there is. Uh, what about the Juan Thornhill story? We're, uh, we're going to play Juan Thornhill oh, 60 seconds this week, and we will tell the Juan Thornhill story when it gets there. But let's just, we'll give you a little tease. Juan Thornhill knows who we are. That's knows right. who Bo is. He knows. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, didn't he retweet you? He did. In a bad way? <laughs> If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.